Before we begin, I would like to encourage everyone listening to the podcast to sign up for my upcoming workshop, where we will learn how to improve our relationships with each other while focusing on the relationship with ourselves. The dowsing protocol is called the Twin Flame Within Restructuring, and the workshop will be held on Saturday, July 30th on Zoom. Registration for the class is only $80, which is a limited time offer for this date only. So if this is something that you want to add to your dowsing practice, please go to vitalbioenergetics.com and register today. And now for today's podcast. Welcome to High Vibes with your host, Bill G. At High Vibes, we're looking into what it means to be a fourth dimensional being in an ever-changing world. We hope that by listening to our podcast, you can feel a greater sense of peace and connection as we collectively raise our energetic vibration to the next level. And now for today's podcast. Hello and welcome to High Vibes. I'm your host, Bill G. And today's special guest is Dr. Daniel Atkins. Now, Dr. Daniel Atkins is a intuitive psychologist who has just launched his own podcast, which is called Be the Vessel. And uh, we've agreed that we're going to do kind of a little exchange here. Well, he's going to be on our podcast talking about what he's doing. I'll be on his podcast talking about what I'm doing. So it's going to be a whole lot of fun. So Daniel, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Bill. It's a pleasure to be here. I think but to get started, I think the best thing to do is to let's get to know you a little bit better. So before we go into your journey, let's just talk about what an intuitive psychologist does uh, for in order to help people to expand consciously, to release trauma, or to just do some healing work. Sure. Well, the combination of words is intentional. The psychologist part comes from me having trained as a clinical psychologist and, and spending time, a good amount of time in that world and working with trauma from, from a Western clinical perspective and really what I would call sort of uh, the modern uh, edges of the front lines of trauma research, which is, which is integrative and, and utilizes the connection between mind and body and understands really the manifestations of trauma that are stored in the body. That really relates to my own personal journey because I, the reason I started to expand and move beyond the traditional forms of, of therapy and healing were because of my own sickness that, uh, you know, 10 plus years of, of sickness that, and, uh, you know, sort of when I say sickness, uh, like debilitating um, widespread pain and fatigue. And, but I knew that there was some, you know, there was no answers within the fields of traditional medicine and psychology and I pursued them. So it led me to, to seek further. It, it pushed me really out of desperation to look for other answers. And when I was ready, sort of, you know, I would speak to a sort of kind of spiritual readiness or on a soul level, when I was ready to call in those forms of healing, I started to, to be open to it. And, you know, different sorts, I experienced different sorts of, of body-based modalities, but also a lot of intuitive healers, a lot of healers uh, with what I would say, other ways of knowing, alternative ways of knowing, of tuning into me, of, of, of using, of working with energy, energy medicine. And I could feel, I could feel the energy 
of my emotions and I could just feel the energy, you know, you might refer to them as the energy of the chakras begin to open and move. And I could feel um, the nervous system, which mine was incredibly dysregulated. And that's really where there's a bridge, I think, between the Western world and more alternative modalities is how the nervous system um, becomes trapped with these energetic blockages and creates tension and, and influences immune functioning and all that stuff. I could feel uh, the release of these blockages, but really what that led to for me was the cultivation of my own intuition. I started to recognize my own intuitive capacities. I started um, at first, really just checking in with myself, asking myself yes or no questions and, and starting to hear answers and, and then starting to see some visions in, in meditation and ultimately start, you know, the way it came through to me was starting to hear spirit guides. And I started playing with that in my clinical work. Now I was at a point where it was clear I needed to leave the traditional path. And that wasn't really going to be widely accepted in, in the way that I had trained. And I actually just received a license too. Um, and then was like, yeah, I think I have to pursue another path. So I just, I started doing my own thing. Um, I started writing a lot. I started a website. I registered an LLC and, and I was working with a lot of people at the time with chronic pain because, because that was an interest of mine. And, and it continued to be what I discovered was that, you know, um, most, if not all chronic pain, and this is really well researched in the clinical world as well, is not structural and is often uh, a manifestation of trauma, though trauma is such a buzzy word now. It's so big that yeah. a lot of times I, I feel to, I, I can simplify it and redefine it in my own terms because it tends to lose meaning when it's used so much. So I started working with debilitating chronic pain, but I would address it from this trauma focused perspective. And I would start to share that, you know, the way I work with trauma is a little bit different. I I'm guided by a different source. I'm guided by intuitive wisdom. And I still have my training. I still have that clinical knowledge, but I will tune in in meditation. I will get messages. I will be guided about where to go. And what started to happen was I could identify the ancestral lineages of trauma, past life trauma would show up. So a, a more uh, expansive uh, world of trauma than just, let's say, early life experiences or acute conditions. And where and it's interesting how it developed in the sense of it, it developed in a, a co-creative way because I would begin to guide clients and they would become intuitive, actually. Right. Um, I, you know, you, your podcast is called High Vibes. I would say that the vibration I started to live at actually served as sort of a beacon for those I work with to begin opening that space in themselves. So I use a lot of breath, breath work and meditation. I guide people to tune into the heart space. And what would happen is sometimes it would function like past life regression. Sometimes it would fun function like trauma that wasn't theirs. And so trauma of all forms began to emerge. And I started to see that that's really what I meant by intuitive psychologist. At first, I just, I, I knew in some way, shape or form, I was a bridge. I was a bridge between the training and the world I came from and where I was going. In some ways, my clients have guided me uh, to see exactly what that is looking like as we set the intention to use intuitive wisdom and see what shows up. And a lot of times it is these forms of trauma that go beyond the current lifetime, though the truth is, is that it's always reenacted in the current lifetime. So it's always going to have some resonance and some current sort of prescience as to why it's showing up now. And then from there, I, I still do individual work, but really the path I see 
that is unfolding for me is workshop where is group work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I lead uh, groups and workshops and a lot of those, you know, there is uh, collective trauma healing and what I might refer to as shared lineages that emerge as, as we enter into a more collective intuitive space, but it's also functions around uh, the meditations that I lead, which are energetically based. And I call in sort of what I might call light frequencies or light wisdom to really amplify the collective space. And, and from that, things happen. People Excellent. wake up, people begin to tune into a frequency that they're not used to. And I would say that in that space, ultimately, we are creating the optimal environment for healing. We are, we are entering into uh, setting the sort of the fertile soil for, for what is meant to be released to released. And to, yeah, to, to walk toward the brave new vision for our lives. Uh, where do you are, where are you currently working out of right now? Uh, so part of my own journey was packing up everything I own uh, in where I'd lived in Chicago for 10 plus years and driving across the country to California where I currently, I currently live in Santa Barbara, though I'm, I'm about to move uh, to the LA area. So when people are seeking you out in, in, if they want to seek your services, are you mostly just online? Uh, I do work mostly virtually. Yes. Okay. Excellent. You've got a very interesting uh, perspective and journey here. So most of us are defined by our trauma, unfortunately, but it is fortunate too, because Catalyst does lead us to greater things very often. Uh, And we, when you say that you've, uh, you grew out of necessity I think everybody in this field can yes. say that with absolute certainty. Um, yes. The person I was talking to uh, last for last week's show, uh, Barbara Stone, her great awakening was while she was getting her psychology degree was she had breast cancer. You know, yes. she was like three courses away from graduation and, you know, she gets the terminal diagnosis of breast cancer. And so she just had to make a choice at that point. Is this is what going to define me or is I'm going to do all this and then end it? Or am I going to use this as an opportunity to grow and be better and to find a new way to bridge that Western Eastern mindset to create something new? And she's done a wonderful job at that. Uh, so if you get a chance to listen to that interview, I, 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 that was a, especially a lot of fun. I'm interested to know if you're, I mean, as much as you're willing to share here is your journey here. When you say sickness, what do you mean precisely by that? That got you to that catalyst point, that that breaking point. Western ain't, show, ain't doing it for me anymore. I need something more. I need to really tap into that inner voice and that inner healing ability. Yeah, of course. And, you know, it is a medicine. It is a gift. It is an invitation. It doesn't feel like that, though, you know, as I've said or sort of written about, like, I would have preferred a nicely written letter, you know, that yeah. it was time for me to expand. <laughs> but I probably would have thrown that letter in the trash because I, I, I wasn't, I'm a stubborn person. I didn't want to, as you know, most of us are really attached to the desires of the ego. And I, I wasn't ready to let that go. I was suffering. I was miserable, but I wasn't ready to let it go. So without the sickness, without the debilitating physical experience, I may not have been uh, open or ready, at least for a long time 
you know, and so I can speak to that. So that happened around 2011 where I really felt ill and it, it, you know, and now I can use the reference. It kind of felt like COVID, like having COVID like every day um, for a while though, you know, I think what most of us, as you said, most of us healers or, or, or most of us in life, you know, when you experience sort of um, like a harrowing or a debilitating event, what you may find as you, as you go toward the trauma and start to peel back layers is that it didn't, it didn't come out of the blue. It was, it was cultivated based on sort of the reenactments and the lessons you were meant to learn in this life. So I, you know, we don't come in as blank slates. So I came in, I had a really dysregulated nervous system. I, um, and of course, you know, um, uh, what, parents, I'm sorry, what is, what do you mean by a dysregulated nervous system? I've never heard of that, that before. So what I mean by that, so in the, in the, in the clinical world, there's a lot of discussion of um, regulating the nervous system and specifically being in a window of tolerance to um, comfortably experience, identify and express your emotions, as well as deactivate what's called the stress response. You know, most people are familiar with being in fight or flight, you know, like if you see a tiger, the body responds to threat and gets you to run or to fight or to play dead. But um, the difficulty in modern life is that most things are not tigers. Most things are text messages or getting caught off in traffic or just being alive and experiencing emotions that the brain has become wired and conditioned to scan for danger and threat. So most of us, and then we add substances into our lives. And so most of us are basically living in a chronic state of stress response. And that, you know, all the research shows that this um, debilitates our immune system and manifest pain, chronic pain and disease and illness and all kinds of things. So when I say came into the world with a dysregulated nervous system, I mean that my brain was um, wired for hypervigilance and scanning for danger and threat that rarely felt safe. So it may manifest just as someone who considers themselves to have a lot of anxiety, um, who always appears nervous, who rarely feels comfortable in their body. So that's really what I mean. So I came in with a lot of that already. I was very colicky. I was very tantrumy. I used to cut all the tags out of my shirts. I had, you know, a, a lot of it overlaps with what we see in autism spectrum disorder. You know, a lot of sensation um, difficulties, difficult, you know, very hypersensitive. I received tons of diagnoses as a kid. I couldn't pay attention. I was, you know, and later on, I just, I, I suffered from, from bouts of depression and anxiety. And I just really wasn't a happy Young person, the way that I would speak to it now is that not only did I come in carrying some of that on a physiological level, but, you know, we, we were carrying ancestral trauma, you know, go back and look at the lineage of your parents. You know, my mother had a particularly traumatic lineage and, and, and upbringing. And, and so there's a lot to be healed there. You know, you go back one, two, three, 10, 11, 12 generations, you know, it didn't get better really for, for the human race. So we're carrying a lot of that. And then we can dip into the, the karmic lessons and, and past life lessons and things like that. But what's most, but I look, I like to be a bridge and I, I do my best to stay in the bounds of what's accessible for people and to meet people where they're at. A ancestral lineage is fairly accessible. It makes sense mm -hmm. in terms of what we know about epigenetics and what, what is carried forth. Um, people can sort of wrap their heads around that and I can integrate that with you know, what I was just describing around uh, nervous system language, and I can create that bridge. So anyway, that was a lot of my early, um, early life and, and, and had really um, very poor 
capacity and tolerance for my emotions. They're very intense. And so at a certain point, I started using uh, substances as one of the only ways I knew how to cope. And so all that was building. By the time I was, you know, in my early 20s and was getting sick, it wasn't like I was this, you know, super, you know, I was high functioning in some ways, you know, I was pretty in intelligent through sheer force of will because my mind was not a comfortable place to be. But my relationships were very poor. I was parting a lot. I, I had no vision of who I wanted to be or who I even really was. Um, so when I got sick, it feels like, oh, I can't believe this came out of the blue. This is so unfortunate. But really, it was it was the thing that saved my life, honestly, mm -hmm. um, because it started to pull me away from the from the, you know, really with all forgiveness and, and grace for myself, the ways that I was attempting to cope with and protect myself against these deep vulnerable, these deep rooted vulnerabilities and, and emotions and aspects of myself that I didn't want to see or look at, which is really how trauma functions. Trauma, trauma isn't like uh, the way that we talk about trauma. It's really a protection against um, the emotion states and, and the beliefs about ourselves that we don't want to feel. It's a lot of the, the symptoms and what you see in the DSM a lot of that is protection against the the sort of what is perceived to be dangerous. Um, and what, what I would speak to of the source material is really that conditioned beliefs about ourselves, others in the world, and associated emotion states at, at, at the root. That's what I feel the source material is that we're coping with. And so that's what I was coping with. And, um, but I didn't, you know, the sickness led me to, I got the diagnosis of chronic fatigue syndrome, which is one of a category of diagnoses like fibromyalgia amidst uh, a laundry list of widespread body pain and fatigue syndromes that have no biomedical ideology, but are heavily right. debated because people who suffer from them do not want to receive, they don't want to feel at fault naturally. And historically, it has been true that, you know, medical doctors will say, well, you know, we can't help you. So it's probably all in your head or you need to go right. see. And, and that's chemical not, imbalance. <laughs> right. And that's not received very well by the self. So what will happen is sufferers will become militant, particularly in this CFS community, which I wrote my dissertation on, the sufferers will become militant and, and, and demand, you know, more research is done and it must be linked to the monovirus and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not denying these, you know, it, it's psychophysiological. There's a physiological component. I'm not denying these elements to it. I had mono, I have the Epstein-Barr virus, but but that's not really what, what this is about, you know, and not only is it, not only is it, is there a psychological and a, and a mind-based source, but there's a spiritual source too. There's a reason that this right. is coming to you in your life at the time that I wasn't living life that I was meant yeah. to live. And I'm not sure how else I would have gotten there. And there's so, also, a, there's also a point where you're giving away your power. It's saying that I'm not, Oh, I, I now have a label. Now I can give my power to the label, to the diagnosis and now it's somebody else's problem. It's not my problem anymore. A hundred percent. And and what that what that shows you is that you were always giving away your power. And that, you know, that it just came in the representation of the sickness, but I was always giving away my power. I never learned how to own my power. It only came out as reactive anger and stress. And so I had to learn, you know, uh, a harder way, I would say, how to start what I would call regulating them, how to start learning about the nervous system, how to start learning about my stress, because a lot of, you know, it's not random when these symptoms come on, you know, learning about the stress reactivity and, and where the triggers were, what, you know, because 
triggered, it's really our, our trauma, our conditioning being lit up. You know, someone says something, it triggers a belief about ourselves. It triggers an associated emotion and that stuff may not be conscious. All we may know is suddenly my back hurts, but that's, but when you start to go toward the work, when you start to create safety, um, really a lot of the foundations of the work are creating safety in the nervous system, in the mind to allow that stuff to emerge. And that's not so different from you know, cultivating intuitive wisdom, it just, it looks differently. And it, it may happen, you may, one may come before the other, typically, the safety may come first. So that was really like a 10 plus year journey after getting sick. And there were, the experience has served me in working with others, because I see the roller coaster of hope and disappointment and despair and hopelessness, particularly when it's so disabling, and you really, you really don't see a way out, you don't feel you're not sure um, where to turn, which is why a lot of the people that get referred to me um, are those who have felt failed by the traditional medical systems and, and because I have another way of being with it because I've navigated it myself. That also lends conviction and, and what you really want on this path and, and, what, and what really heals is conviction, is the, con- is the conviction in the mind that, this, that you can heal, that you can heal the body because there's a lot of mixed messages and, and you don't know what to believe. And when you're suffering, you're not sure you can. But I was pretty, you know, it was 10 plus years. So I, I went through all of my training. I was getting to the, the end of my, of my doctorate program. I was, and I had come in, I had come percentages incrementally better. I had focused on this. I had explored the world of what I might call mind body medicine, where there's a lot of psychologically minded doctors doing this kind of work. But the truth is I was, I was suffering a lot still. I was not nowhere near. I wanted to be, I was lacking confidence in, in working with this population because I was still suffering so much. Um, And it was really at the tail end of my training, right? When I had, had got my degree and started working as a postdoc, and then eventually becoming licensed, where it just became clear, you know, where I had become open at that point to more intuitive healing. And the message I was getting was, you can stay at, you know, a traditional sort of psychoanalytic attachment focused therapist. Um, You can keep trying to do this work, you know, staying at this clinic in Chicago and working, you know, one-on-one and with kids, which I did like kids, but it was like, you'll just keep getting sick. You'll just keep getting yeah. sick and, and not until you really break loose some of the boundaries of not just your, your circumstances, but your mind of, of what you're capable of, of your power. You know, my power was so locked away. I had, I had so much to give and I knew that, and I knew that there were books in me and I knew that there were, there was this curiosity and that there was this unsatisfied part that the theories I'd learned and the way I was living my life wasn't it. It wasn't enough. I wasn't truly happy. I was still so attached to my thinking and trying to be smart enough and trying to be validated for these external things that, that all the power was locked away. So as I started to take that leap, which was scary and not many Mm -hmm. people understood, but what the traumatic event becomes is a source of conviction because as you can heal that truly, if you can heal your body in that way, you believe you can do anything. You, you know, you take that conviction with you and that conviction led me to start doing my own thing. And that conviction led me to move and that, you know, and, and, and it builds on itself till you have, you know, full conviction, clarity and conviction in who you are in your truth and what you have to give to this world. And yeah. And the thing is you're, you've got an interesting story 
you got an interesting background on how you got to where you are. It's it's not by no means a unique story, but it is yeah. a, it is a story that that really I think is going to really help connect you to people who are maybe listening to the show and like, yeah, that's that's my story too. And that and that's where we as practitioners we're always looking for that as well because whenever I'm looking for a we actually did a show on this with the uh, with the other members of the co-op what are we looking for in a therapist and what we're looking for is empathy we're looking yeah. for somebody who gets me so if I'm somebody who is dealing with chronic pain due to trauma or due to emotional things I'm going to be thinking hey Dan, Dan seems like somebody who understands me to the point where I'm going to want to give him a call and find out what's going on. So let's talk about this podcast you're doing. So you just started up this podcast calling Be the Vessel. So let's just talk a little bit about what, why you decided to do a podcast and what your, uh, what your goal is for this thing. Well, a lot of the things that I decide to do now are, are messages from spirit. Basically, I, I, at a certain point, I started to let go of the thinking mind. Now, I, I still have plenty of thinking, but I just, I, it stopped being the force that was guiding all my decisions. I could reflect back and see that none of them were really serving me. All of them were fear-based. And that's a, and a lot of the fear conditioning and the wiring in the brain leads to this distorted or sort of sick, sick thing. In some ways, the sickness is in the thinking. It's really, um, mm -hmm. and it's just manifesting in the body. So so I started listening to this intuitive wisdom and it was a little bit, um, let's say it brings up all the fears and doubts you have about, you know, and the uncertainties and, and what am I really listening to? What am I being guided by? But I've surrendered to it um, in a lot of ways and learned along the way and some of the pitfalls and, but um, it has started to become my sort of true north as to what um, I meant to call forth. And so a lot of that has been writing. Um, a lot of that, of course, is still my um, my healing service, but it came to a point where I, I knew very clearly that I was meant to use my voice and that I, and I knew that in, in all of what I sort of offer for people that, that there is a frequency, uh, something that comes through in my voice, whether it's the meditations or the information or, or whatever. And the podcast began to make sense, began to, um, appear as, a way to deliver um, the content, not just through writing, but through voice and, uh, and to expand from there. And, and it literally, I just, I got the message from one of my guys that it was time, that it was time to start. And I'd, I'd had played around with, you know, I've, I've, I've made content online for, for a little while, just not really. And this is the game we slip into. And, and this is what we were speaking to earlier, not to get a bunch of followers to become, you know, some online influencer really just to to deliver the medicine that that I feel is meant to come through me, which is why I use the phrase be the vessel, because I, I believe that, you know, to truly be of service, we just allow ourselves to be a vessel for the medicine that's meant to flow through. And that way, we keep the thinking mind and, and the ego mind at bay, we keep that, which is different, you know, it's a lot that you were saying what you look for in a therapist, it's quite different from the training uh, in a lot of the clinical world, which is to be incredibly thinking oriented and to really analyze and to, and to come in and to meet with a person thinking mind to thinking mind. 
this is a much different practice. It's a much different way of opening up to the heart space or to, or to spirit wisdom or to the guides that come through and, and point us in the right direction. I don't need to do intakes with people. I don't need to hear a life story. I know where to go. And we go there very quickly. So um, yeah, so this, this podcast itself is a vessel simply for what is meant to come through. A lot of that is speaking on um, all topics related to healing mind, body, and spirit and topics that I feel would help bridge the gap help bridge the gap for people, help make it accessible between uh, traditional forms of, of, of Western therapy and healing and, and the spirit world. Um, and really, I just started, I just turned on the mic and started speaking and started and, and, and channeling and letting it flow. And really, because I'm also at the point where I believe, I know that this journey can be easy it can be easy. And for most of my life, I felt like it had to be so hard and I had to suffer through it. And I had to do things with so much effort. Like I did when I was a kid, it's so much ADD. I couldn't pay attention. I had to work harder than most kids. And, um, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I don't, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in, in going to where the strengths are and allowing the wisdom to come through. And so that's what this podcast is. And I look forward to expanding, um, you know, into more of the interview platform. And I look forward to having you on yeah. the podcast as well. Um, though that is really, yeah, some of the, some of the origin story. That's fantastic. So where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, yeah. So people can find me uh, at, on my website, which is drdanieladkins.com. They can find me on Instagram, which is Dr. Daniel underscore Atkins. There's a YouTube channel as well, but you can, if you go to the website or the Instagram, you'll, you'll figure out the rest. That's, awesome. that's where my, my blog is on the website and, and the podcast are there too. Um, so you're, you're currently working on a book too, right? Yes. The writing, the writing will be a book. It currently takes a lot of the writing takes shape in blog form, because also that was the path of least resistance, right? So the idea of, okay, I'm going to sit down and write a book can be a little overwhelming and stressful for the, for, for the mind. So I was like, no, 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 it's okay. It's just going to be a blog um, right. secretly, you know, it's a little trick, but it's, yes, it will be, it will be a book. Actually, two of my books are, are blogs that turned into books. Um, the, yeah. Spirit Path, the Spirit Path Book of Days, volume one and volume two. So it was basically two years worth of blogs yeah. that became books. And um, they've actually been very well received. And when people ask me, what is, you know, what is it? I say it's a collection of essays and then mm. everything, everything channeled from spirit. So I, I, what I would do is I would do the dowsing, come up with stuff on the dowsing and then um, find the pattern and then just start writing. You know, both books are even available as audiobooks too. So I was able to do that as well, so which is really, really cool. Yeah. And at this point, you know, I am committed to a path of least resistance. I have full conviction after having surrendered so much of my life and watching these leaps um, happen. And it's not to say that there wasn't challenge. There was certainly challenge. And it's not to say you don't take action. I've taken lots of action. But the idea that it has to be stressful, that it has, that you have to sort of- That it has to be hard that you effortfully think your way through it is, right. is the illusion. And so uh, it, I'm letting, I letting go of that in all areas of my life, including the book and everything else that comes forth. So, right. Right. And I actually, I, I, I follow that philosophy a hundred percent too. If it's, 
Uh, if I'm getting way too much resistance from life on a particular project or something that I'm working on, that's that's the universe saying you're yeah. moving in the wrong direction. You are you're yeah. pushing too hard. And also when we're talking about, you know, being an influencer versus being someone who's just doing the work and reaching out to people. If you help one person, you've done your job. If, if only one person listens to your podcast or if only one person uh, reads your book and is truly experiencing a change in their lives because they, you touched them in some way, you've done your work. Then there's no other there's no other satisfaction that comes out of that. I mean, you don't have to be the next, you know, New York Times bestseller in order to get that reach or, or, or change the world. You change the world, first of all, by doing the work yourself, which you, have, which you do. And number two is sharing your story and allowing other people to be in on that story as well, which is also part of that healing I, process. I... I firmly believe that the only work there is to do is is to heal the self and that's whether you you know uh, consider yourself a healer or not the only you know the only medicine we have to give is is the medicine we're willing to take and it's it that's you know and that's the lesson of going through all this training and collecting all this intellectual knowledge and and you know but but where is the wisdom coming where is the knowing coming the thinking brain can't know it's always wrestling with doubts and insecurities it has to come from a deeper place of knowing and and then it just flows out then you know if if we're if we're striving to make this sort of public career and to get clients and to get money and to and to do whatever the ego thinks is really important to do we're we're missing the point and i do believe that um, the universe has a way of showing us when we're missing the point. And for me to, to live in that place of integrity, it's, it's, I'm sure I would get sick again if I tried to do it another way. I'm sure it just wouldn't happen. And, um, you know, it takes courage and it takes yeah. faith to let go and trust that, that this path will manifest, and, but it, and your, it is. And your body so. and your body's also communicating to you. Yeah. When you get sick while doing something, it's your body telling you, it's your high self telling you, this is not this the way for you. <laughs> no, you're not doing you. it. You're not doing it right. You're, you're, if you're getting sick doing something, then you're not doing it right. And I was, I was the same way too. You know, when, when I was in the corporate world, I was getting sick often. That was my body saying, Hey, yo, you're not doing what you love. You're, therefore, you're going to get sick. And the second that I decided to let all that go and I started doing what I love, I stopped getting sick. <laughs> it was like, it was like, it's a miracle. No, it, it's just you're listening to your body and you're allowing your, your intuition and your, and also how your body is communicating to you, tell you that you're doing okay. My, my body has become one of the, highest sources of wisdom that I use because I'm actually able to amplify light frequency, you know, at a very high level and, and use it to heal. And I was always sensitive to touch as a, as a kid. So it became the, it was the highest source of distress and became the highest source of wisdom and gift. Awesome. So again, that website is drdanielatkins.com. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. And 
Daniel, it was wonderful speaking to you and uh, thank you. And I will, I'm looking forward to being on your show and to our listeners out there. Thank you for listening and we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening. For more information about Bill and Nina G, please go to www.vitalbioenergetics.com. See you next time. Thank you.